Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Each episode, we'll talk about a movie we like, and we'll share some fun trivia during the conversation. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. Post your comments or questions. You can also email screenfacts at yahoo.com or tweet at Jason Davis Voice. This podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. I'm Jason Davis, and joining me for this episode, my good pal, it's Eric Wright. Hi, Jason. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? I'm great. We picked a good movie to kick off uh, 2019. Oh, yeah. One of, I think, one of the best, if not the best, sequels ever made. Oh, yeah. I definitely No doubt. So. Mm-hmm. No doubt. In fact, it's it's very rare that the sequel is possibly better than the original. Right. But in this case, there's a strong argument for that. Oh, definitely. We are talking about Terminator, Terminator 2, 2 Judgment, Judgment Day. Day. Um, and the thing to follow up Terminator, because Terminator was a surprise. Terminator was such a strong, simple story, but such a good story that how on earth can you really follow it up? And James Cameron, he he just did it. He hit out of the ballpark yeah. with this one. You know, the movie was released July 3rd, 1991. The original Terminator came out in 84. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, wow, it really took a while for this to happen. Yeah. So this better be good. Yeah, it better be good, right? <laughs> um, part of the reason, you know, I think it was coming up with the, a film good enough. And I think mm-hmm. also Schwarzenegger wasn't really uh, excited to do a second Terminator at that time. Right. Cameron and the producers, I think, worked really hard to convince him with a, a nice big fat paycheck. And also- A private jet. A freaking jet. Yeah. Now, it was a used jet, so- Oh, gee. You know, it was only like a $14 million jet. Only. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, an, it was a Gulfstream 3. Yeah, I mean, Schwarzenegger got paid $15 million for this movie. Yeah, not bad. I mean, that's a lot of money anyway, you slice it. But, you know, there weren't a lot of guys getting paid that kind of money in 1991. No, no. But Schwarzenegger making the $15 million, he had uh, a total of 700 words of dialogue in this movie. (laughs) That works out to $21,429 per word. Wow. Well, you know, the special effects, there was a similar stat because... um, and we'll talk more about special effects with yeah. the whole liquid metal, which was, you know, a phenomenal thing. We'd have to go back to their previous, you know, Cameron movie did The Abyss, right. which started kind of like this liquid thing. The liquid metal Terminator was just phenomenal. But anyway, that cost, it was three and a half minutes, took $5.5 million. It's nuts. That works out to $1.57 million per minute. Oh, man. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, they they obviously made it all back. So let's talk about it. Before we get too far ahead right, and right. get too deep in specifics, yep. let's do the- uh, The housekeeping. Yeah, right. the housekeeping. Exactly. So Terminator 2 Judgment Day, of course, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Linda Hamilton, who was amazing in this. Oh my gosh, she was great. The introduction of Edward Furlong, mm-hmm. who, uh, here's the Kiss reference, yes. also starred in Detroit Rock City. <laughs> right. Robert Patrick was uh, the T-1000. He's freaking awesome. Uh, incredible. And and we'll talk about like specific things in his performance that that I read that were very interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, Joe Morton plays uh, Miles Dyson. <laughs> oh, right, yes. So directed by James Cameron, written by James Cameron and William Wisher. Mm-hmm. Estimated budget of a hundred and two million. Right, which is a lot more than what, what the first one had. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, and at at first it was only supposed to have about seventy five million. Right. And the execs were getting a little nervous about it, so. They actually, one of them, 
said to Schwarzenegger, hey, can you talk to Cameron about cutting some scenes out or something? Specifically, the first scene with the um, the bar going into yeah. the bar. No, you needed that. And Schwarzenegger's like, no, that, that's, a, that's important. Yeah. You need to have that. They did a really good job of not letting the audience know. Like, if you're seeing the movie for the first time now, spoiler alert, if you've never right. seen Terminator 2. <laughs> you're an idiot, first listen- of all. <laughs> <laughs> stop listening right now because we're going to talk about key plot points that yeah. are going to give away like stuff. So, yeah. So anyway, so um, one thing I never noticed before, mm-hmm. and maybe I was just looking for it more this time, was when that bar scene. Yeah. He goes in there and he does what a Terminator does, gets clothes and all that. Right. He does not kill anybody. No, he doesn't. I never picked up on that Mm -hmm. uh, originally when I watched this. Right. But he wasn't pleasant to everybody. No. I mean, he he threw people around. He got got his business done. Right, right. You know? I really liked how that scene ended Mm -hmm. where he leaves the Mm -hmm. bar and, of course, now he's wearing that guy's badass clothes. Right. And, of course, you hear... Yeah, back to the bone. Back to the bone. But the bar owner, somebody comes out with a shotgun and Schwarzenegger just, you know, is staring at him, quick grabs the gun away. Yeah. And then he makes a move toward the guy and you're thinking, oh man, he's going to like crack his neck or something. Yeah. And he takes out his sunglasses sunglasses and puts them on. Yeah. (laughs) That was great. Because we know in the first movie, he loved his sunglasses. Well, yeah, it's all part of his look, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think they they inject the right amount of humor every once in a while in a movie about the apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think you need to have a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, in Schwarzenegger, you were saying he wasn't really keen on doing it. Uh, The movie, part of that, he didn't think the idea of the Terminator not killing people was going to fly. Right. And to me, that's like, holy crap. they're writing this story so that the Terminator actually is not killing people and actually ends up being like the good guy. Right. And, you know, we get into the whole thing about he's a better human and a better father than any of the other men that Sarah ever found to try to be, you know, a father figure to John. Right. It's just right there. It's amazing that Cameron came up with that uh, that storyline. So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's very well written, and and you know everybody's is fantastic, and and the effects, you know, amazing. But so uh, domestic gross two hundred five point eight million, mm-hmm. uh, foreign gross three hundred fifteen million. That's five hundred twenty point wow. eight million dollars worldwide. It's the highest domestic grossing film of nineteen ninety one, making more than thirty nine million dollars more than the number two film of the year, which was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. If you can believe that, <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, it outgrossed the original Terminator after just four days in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the original movie was sort of a sleeper. You know, it, yeah. didn't, it wasn't a big, gigantic moneymaker, but right. it, it, I think it was something that, you know, did pretty well in the theaters. Mm-hmm. But then when it had a life on cable and stuff, right. it really... Uh, grew into its own. Yeah, it grew into its own. Yeah, it's, it's like, you can almost say it's kind of like a cult movie, um, yeah. being kind of gritty and all, but... Obviously, with its uh, popularity, we can't call it a cult film. Yeah, the, the Terminator and Terminator 2, for me, hold up very well. I got to be honest with you, these are the only two that, that matter to me. Uh, yeah, Maybe because the these are the only two that Cameron directed, you know? Okay. This movie won a couple of Oscars, too. Uh, best sound, best effects, yep. sound effects editing, best effects, visual effects, and best makeup. In fact, mm-hmm. the damaged Terminator look in the climax of the film took right. five hours to apply and an oh hour to gosh. remove. Wow. The film has over 300 effect shots, which mm-hmm. total almost 16 minutes of running time, 
And according to James Cameron, there are only 42 CGI shots used in the film. This was Mm -hmm. probably at the very beginning of CGI technology. And the sound design, too, is really Mm -hmm. extensive. It's it's amazing what they did. Just about every incidental movement on screen is replaced. Uh, The creaks of the Terminator's leather jacket, his buckle clinks and footsteps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole sequence where Sarah escapes from her hospital bed with the paperclip. Right. You know, when she's like picking the strap buckle and all that. Right, right. Uh, there was no originally recorded sounds. All that was done with Foley and music. Oh, later okay. On. You know what the sound of when the liquid Terminator is morphing yeah. or he's becoming, you know what that sound is? When he's going through the bars. Right. And he gets stuck with the gun, the gun gets stuck. Okay. That, they turned a can of dog food. Yes. Over <laughs> and just the dog food. Right, out of the can. right. All of the like the visual effects. There's mm-hmm. a lot of puppetry. Like uh, Stan right. Winston is like the special effects guru, and he right, and he, you know he comes up with all these like the robots and all that kind of stuff. You can tell when it's a like sort of a puppet version of Schwarzenegger being shot or right. or being hit with the the like battering ram kind of thing or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's you know obviously uh, like an animatronic thing, right? But the detail is mm-hmm. so amazing. Yeah. That you don't even care. You're like, holy shit, that really looks like Schwarzenegger. It's, you know what? And you cringe. Yeah. So it's definitely real enough. You're not oh, yeah. laughing. Yeah. You know? I mean, how many no, movies no. have you seen? Right. Where you're not going, you're like, oh, that looks so fake. You're really like, invested. It's oh, totally, you know. You're way into it. Yeah. You start talking about the, the technology that was being used. And we said, okay, you have the abyss. But the abyss, you know, those water features, they didn't really react with the people. I think there was one scene where maybe one of the stars, she touched it. In this, the people are interacting. It has had to work because the second Terminator, I mean, he's like the main character in a way. So, yeah. And actually, and you know, Schwarzenegger like punches him and it folds around his hand. I mean, there's interaction. It had to work. And just how you see the re- like people's reflections in him, and there's mm-hmm. so many details that you can that you can look for when you watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when he's in the helicopter, he gets in the helicopter, and he's and right. he's like he pours himself into the, the window, <laughs> the seat into yeah. the seat, and then as he's like forming, mm-hmm. you see like the pilot's uh, reflection in him. It's amazing. Right. right. Oh, the yeah. detail is so amazing and so groundbreaking. But the thing is. There's only, like we said, three and a half minutes or so of right. that in the movie, but holy crap, it, blows it your mind really out. blows, and it makes you think, it can't be just three and a half minutes. No, But exactly. they did so many other things near the end of the movie where uh, both the Terminators are fighting, and you know you see him all silvered out, right. throwing Schwarzenegger around. Right. Well, each clip is barely a second or two long so in cases like that it was just a guy wearing like a silver um suit your eye and your brain fill it all in that's a testament to how great the script is because Mm -hmm. you know if this was just a a special effects movie right where you're just like oh i'm gonna be blown away by all the visual effects Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of movies like that it's not this this uses that technology and that and that tool right to tell the story better and to you know blow your mind Right. But at the same time, it doesn't rely, it's not a crutch. It's not, the, exactly. movie, the movie could stand on its own without a lot of the visual effects. Right. The visual effects are just the icing on the cake. One of the ILM creators mm-hmm. was talking about how he actually used like Photoshop as one of the things to, one of the programs to like soften out edges or certain things. Oh, wow. So I'm like Photoshop, but of course 
you know, Houston. No, we had all these other things. I mean, ILM went from like six employees to 36 employees to yeah. make this movie. It's crazy. So that's that's pretty awesome. That company set the standard for visual effects mm-hmm. in, in movies. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they had to use technology for other reasons, too. Production took so long on the movie that Edward Furlong started to age. <laughs> he started to, like, grow. Yeah, you can see the difference. I mean, I never really caught it before because I wasn't looking for it, I guess. And, yeah. And, well... Early in the movie when um, the T2 gets in the cop car mm-hmm. and he punches in her name and da 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 and you see the son, John yeah. Connor, is supposed to be 10 years old. Right. And then boom, you go to him at home working on the mini bike with that mullet right. ginger friend of his. <laughs> Danny Cooksey, who by the way- oh, okay. uh, was uh, the cute kid that they brought into different strokes like toward the end of that run, that really? series run. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and he and later on after yeah. after this movie, mm-hmm. he ended up uh, being in a uh, like a metal band, Bad for Good. There, Bad for Good, Bad the number four, Good. That okay. was the name of the band, and their their debut album was produced by Steve Vai. Oh, all right. Throwing a lot of like, uh, is it stuff any up. good? It's yeah, it's pretty good, and okay. it's like him, and it was like he was uh, the singer, huh. and. Uh, him and the rest of the guys in the band at that time were like, you know, just teenagers, but they, wow, they kick cool. ass, like, like all top notch, uh, musicians, just amazing. Hmm. But anyway, that's so, cool. So, yeah. I, so John seems old at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's like, there's no way a 10 year old is doing this, saying this, you know, riding this mini bike like this. Right. Well, Edward Furlong was actually 13 in real life when, when he made this movie. And throughout the movie, his voice is cracking, which yeah. is fine. I mean, yeah. that's great. He's supposed to be a kid, so I'm fine with it. They actually had a dub, like all of his his mm-hmm. uh, um, parts, all well, his dialogue. Well, after, yeah. after production, because they had to match everything. Yeah. So he had to go back in and, and re-record like everything he did on mm-hmm. camera. Yeah. Later on in the movie, when they're like going through the desert and all, mm-hmm. he looks younger there. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of yeah. funny, but that's if you're like looking for it. Yeah. How legit was Linda Hamilton in this movie, though? She worked out yeah. like three hours a day for 13 weeks, six days a week. Yep. You know, and then, um, and you know, Patrick, he also, he did some running because he wanted to be in shape enough right. to be able to run fast without even opening his mouth. I mean, he was so great at just being deadpan. Yeah. And his his eyes, he got those steely blue eyes. I loved, I was reading about like how he mimicked the head movements of uh, the bald eagle. Oh, okay. Like if you yeah. watch him, like the way he moves his head is, is yeah. supposed to be like a bald eagle. And then when he's kind of moving through a crowd to chase John. Yeah. That's uh, like a shark moving in on its prey. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's like super cool. Yeah. I think the cool thing about him is that he was what the original concept of the Terminator was supposed to be in the first movie. Okay. A guy that can kind of just blend in with a crowd. Right. You know, Schwarzenegger kind of stands out. I mean, right. you know. He doesn't blend. Yeah, he does not blend. Oh, you blend. But uh, but it actually worked out well that they were able to bring that concept back for this. Right. Because, you know, especially with him as a cop, you know, you yeah. wouldn't suspect that he's a guy that you have to get away from, except if you're a bad kid like John Connor. Right. Like, he's yeah. running away from him, not because he's he, th- he knows he's a Terminator. Right. But because he thinks the cop's after him. Mm-hmm. And then the whole reveal of Schwarzenegger as the protector. Oh, my that, gosh. In that back hallway in the mall is fantastic. Fantastic. That is great because you know John is looking at him yeah. thinking, wait, my mom described a right. guy like this. Right. And you know, and John's just freaking out. It's like, is he coming to kill me? Yeah. And he's not. Right. <laughs> like, get that's down. so great. And then yeah, get down. Get down. And then 
how awesome when now they go to get his mom. Yeah, of course. And of course, you know, you know, uh, the Terminator saying, you know, negative. I'm here to protect you. Right. And, and he's that's like, about, no, that, we have to that get That is the my worst mom. thing you could do right now is go to your mom. Right. The, the other Terminator is going to go there too. He's like, but we got to get my mom. Right. Come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Which is what Reese says to her in the first movie. Exactly. Which is awesome. And just her face when she sees the Terminator come out the elevator. Yes. Because, you know, she's running, she's almost out of the place, right. and then she sees that. Right. And I just she remember the first time seeing that. It's like, oh my gosh, she thinks she's done. And I like to have the whole interaction, all of this happened in front of the doctor. Yes. That was great, you know. Yeah. The doctor sees all of it. Right. And he's got to be thinking, holy shit. She's, she's not crazy. She's not crazy. Yeah. She's right. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. she should have won an Oscar just for laying there motionless without blinking or any expression oh, when the guy licks her face. Her face. Ugh. And I, heard, I mean, what? and I read he ate like a tuna sandwich right before oh, that. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to make this really gross. Uh, uh, I'm going to make you earn that paycheck, sister. Icky, icky, icky. Yeah. that's And you know that they didn't do that in one take either. No. I'm sure Cameron made her like do that a few times. Right. But wow, she was, she was amazing. Yeah. And just how the shape she was in and and Mm -hmm. the way she like, you know, cocks the rifle with the one arm like later on. It's just amazing. Everything like she does in the movie. And again, Go back to the first Terminator. Her character is this little, like, not an ass kicker and the mother of the uh, the leader of mother the Mother of the future. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so, <laughs> she, like you know, the, the way she be, she transforms herself, you know, mm-hmm. to be this warrior to protect her son and, yeah. and to protect the human race is yeah. just fantastic. And I really like, you know, just some of the backstory that they just say that, you know, John... He's telling his friend that, yeah, my mom took me to Nicaragua and we've, you yeah. know, and I learned how to do all this because, and it was great to see that, you know, he had this affinity for technology. Right. Um, with the, which, uh, when he's with the ATM and all that. Yeah. Which is obviously incredibly important. I thought it was kind of funny that he was able to use that thing in the Cyberdyne building when they changed all the codes and everything that's one of those moments that you kind of just go all right we'll let it slide yeah you know there's too much else going on now and right right yeah it's kind of like also just i mean if you're going to talk about the whole time sequencing thing it's like well wait a minute how can you there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that you go wait a second right but they ignore that which is fine because yeah but like like for example when they blow up cyberdyne right and all of of dyson's work that leads to uh what becomes skynet right how why aren't the terminators eliminated well to me because the chips still exist until they melt them and until they melt the terminator Mm -hmm. it's still there it's not like, you know, in Back to the Future when Marty starts disappearing from the picture mm-hmm. and all that. Which, to me, that makes more sense. Yeah. That, yeah, because how can you really travel back in time? You didn't exist then. So you can't right. be there. But then but, you start getting into alternate universes and all that. But then you could argue, well, then it doesn't make sense. Then the first movie doesn't make sense because right. Reese is mm-hmm. John Connor's uh, dad. Right. He has to go back in time to conceive him. Right, with, exactly. Uh, Sarah. So it's it's very, it's all it's all actually very cool. Whether yeah. or not it makes sense, I guess is irrelevant. Right. I think it is irrelevant because yeah. the whole rest of the movie and the story is so good that you know don't really care about it that much. I just wanted to say one other thing about Robert Patrick. Yeah. Phenomenal, and I'm glad he got the role because yeah. he crushed it. You know who was supposed there, to get it? A couple of people that I read, and I was like really shocked. Yeah. Who did you read? Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Yeah. I thought he would have been good. 
He certainly had a cool look, but right. I mean, is he the kind of actor that Robert Patrick is? Probably well, not. Well, no. My concern would be he would have too much expression. Yeah. You know, I mean, Patrick was great at saying a lot yeah, I think, by doing nothing. I think Robert Patrick blinks once on camera. Yeah, yeah. And there was only a couple of times where he hacks, he actually makes a face, like a, yeah. because he's been blown away and yeah. he's like torn in half. That's the only time yeah. there's any kind of face. One of my favorite just looks of his is again near the end, you know, Sarah's been shooting at him and mm-hmm. he looks like he's just about ready to fall off, you know, fall into the melting uh, iron. Yeah. And she's out of bullets. Yes. And he just looks at her with those friggin' steel yeah, eyes. Yeah, shark eyes. And then he just kind of wigs his yeah. fingers. Yeah. Like, oh, oh damn. No, this is going to get real now. And there were so <laughs> many great, tense moments. Yeah. Like the scene where he's in the truck with the the uh, liquid nitrogen. Yes. And he ends up freezing. Yeah. Now that was done. They, they actually had an, an amputee actor. Yeah. You know, that wasn't CGI. That was an amputee actor. Yeah, with... and just like the creative editing. Very oh cool. God. Very but cool. I just remember every time, just last night when I saw it again, I'm screaming after he shoots. Yeah. After Schwarzenegger shoots and the shards go flying. Yeah. I'm like, go pick them up. Separate all these pieces. Yeah. You know? That well, way that he can't thing. come back. Now and that I'm you screaming. That. Why didn't they do that? There's a scene where, where the Terminator is, you know... uh He's chasing um, after them in the. He, they're in the cop car. He's chasing them on foot, and yeah. then he forms like the giant like uh, hook the things, big spikes. Thing. Yeah, oh, spikes, yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. And he climbs up onto the car, right? And then they shoot him, and they shoot his arms off, and then he falls off. And then there's like a little piece of one of his claws on the on the back of the car, right? And John grabs it quickly and throws it and off. Throws it off, right? Why would you? I would keep it. That's one less piece of him that he can. You know. Maybe, but then again, would you also kind of be like, "Oh, do yeah. I want to keep this?" Yeah, I guess that's kind of gnarly. But then it's, it's cool how it, like he sucks it up back into himself. Oh, that was All that so stuff. great. One other guy that was considered for the role, yeah, was Blackie Lawless, who is the lead singer of a group called Wasp. They were a, oh, like a, okay. a metal band. Yeah, they, I, they may even still be around. Right. Um, but yeah, they were big back in the eighties and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. the reason he didn't get the role is because he's six four. Too tall, oh, like, too, you know. They yeah. they wanted a guy that kind of like you mm-hmm. know didn't really stand out in a crowd. Yeah, never knew that. Never knew about no, that. No, not at all. I Very didn't read cool. that anywhere. Yeah, the mall where uh, the Terminators first uh, mm-hmm. find John. Right, uh, was the Sherman Oaks Galleria, which oh we talked about. Why does that sound so familiar? Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and also another Schwarzenegger film, Commando. Yeah, Commando. Yeah. Oh, okay. So a, a very popular location for movies. So the the big nuclear nightmare uh, scene with you know where Sarah sees like the explosion. Oh yeah, and everybody just you know gets obliterated and stuff. Yeah. According to U.S. federal nuclear testing labs personnel, say that yeah. it's the most accurate depiction of what a nuclear blast uh, uh, would be like. Scary. Yeah, yeah. Were there any lines or anything that bothered you in the movie? The only comedic line that was said that I have an issue with. Again, at I right the vacation. Yes. Yeah. What the heck was that? Yeah. I think there was, uh, you know, rumor that that was improvised. I don't think it works. No, it does. Terminator doesn't take a vacation. Right. They made a big point of of, of talking about how they mm-hmm. don't eat, they don't sleep, they don't do right. anything but kill. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You know, or in this case, protect and because they they've been repro- reprogrammed. But right. And I mean, maybe you can argue, well, John's been teaching him how to be more human. And that and that's the argument. That maybe. He's, he's become so human at this point that he wants a fucking day off. Yeah. And you can say, well, that line then helps when they say goodbye and John's crying. Terminator says, you know, I now know why you cry. I just can't. Right. And you're like, wow. That's a cool line, but you're still a robot. Yeah. You know? A cyborg, sir. Cyborg. Okay. <laughs> Pardon moi. Um, so, yeah. So, that that line just kind of left me like, ugh, yeah. really? I mean, you but know. But everything else. I'm sure I enjoyed it more the first time I saw it. Now, it kind of feels a little forced. Yeah. But we're nitpicking. Oh, yeah. I like when uh, when he, they go into that bunker with all the weapons. Mm-hmm. He picks up that gun that he, yes. he blows up all the police with later on. When right, they blow up right. Cyberdyne. And he just smirks. A little smirk. And he goes... That's definitely you. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's a great yes, a great insertion of a, a, like a, a little levity right. without it being corny, right? You know, without it being forced. The, uh, I need a vacation excellent. line feels forced. That definitely felt compared forced. to something like that. Yeah, the last line in the movie. Um, I never really noticed how perfect it is. She says, um, "Because of a machine, a Terminator can yeah. learn the value of human life. Maybe we can too." Now it feels a little preachy. Uh, no. But at the same time... But the watch, whole movie built up to that, so it's okay. The point I'm trying to make is that you watch these movies with you know apocalyptic visions and right. stuff. In the past, you kind of go, oh, it's science fiction. Yeah, it's far, right. far-fetched, whatever. Now I kind of like don't feel that way. Oh, yeah. Well, just like you know? on that same note, when um, you know they're in the, the desert and they're fixing the car or whatever, and they're at a rest stop, and these two little boys are fighting with each other. Right. And John just looks at them and says, we're, we're screwed. Not, we're not going to make it. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to yeah. make it. And he's like, it's in your nature to destroy yourselves. Yeah. It's like, wow, bummer. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think I don't think all men and women think that way. I don't know. But the ones that rise to power seem to be. Yeah. So there was actually an alternate ending to the movie, too. It was flash forward to 2027, which was where the, the story opened. John Connor is a senator. And Hamilton, you know, she's a grandmother, Mm -hmm. and they're grateful for each day since Judgment Day. Her voiceover says stuff like, you know, August 29th, 1997 Mm -hmm. came and went. Um, Nothing much happened. Michael Jackson turned 40. Interesting that they bring Michael Jackson up. Michael Jackson in 1991 was a gigantic superstar. Right. But I thought this last line, the luxury of hope was given to me by the Terminator, because if a machine can learn the value of human life, so can we, blah, 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 like you said before. Right. They scrapped that because they, they felt that it was too upbeat of an ending for a movie that was pretty, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to have a happy, happy ending. No, no. We know that they, they did what they had to to prevent right. Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to see that he becomes a senator. And that's kind of irrelevant to this story. So mm-hmm. I can understand why they, they didn't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah, this movie really holds up well. Yeah. The special effects do not feel like antiquated in any way. No, I mean, they still hold they up. They hold up really well. Really well done. The story's fantastic. Mm-hmm. These first two Terminator movies are awesome. And I think any action slash sci-fi fan should own them for sure. Definitely. And know them by heart. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed watching the movie again because it's been a while since I watched it. When I started looking up the trivia about it, I, I got really excited to see it again. Yeah. And it did not disappoint seeing it again. No, not fantastic. at all. 
So that's all I got. Yeah, I'm done. Well, Eric, as always, thank you for being involved with another episode. Appreciate it. Fantastic. Glad to be here. Cool. And thanks to you guys for listening. Remember, Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet, and corporate video, e-learning, phone message, whatever you need. I'm Jason Davis. I'm Eric Wright. Thanks for listening to Screen Facts. We'll be back.